0: Start your engines. And join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now.
1: In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's Wow Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? Drag Race
2: the best drag we win, drag we win. And so
3: much more. Subscribe to Wow Presents Plus. Still only four ninety nine. Subscribe today as streamed on TV.
2: I am Matt McConkey. I am a writer, performer, and host of this podcast about and just like that. But now that we've recapped both seasons of the show, I couldn't help but wonder: Should I go back and cover the original Sex in the City? The answer, of course, is no, but I can't be stopped, so every week I'll be joined by my very own Mirandas and Charlottes to unpack an episode or movie of their choosing. We're doing Sex and the City Roulette with extra Samantha and none of the Che. And just like Matt, welcome to the show. Happy New Year, everyone. We are recording just before the holidays.
4: I'm pretty sure this will be our first episode of the new year. And what better way to enter 2024 than a traveling back to 1999, season two of Sex and the City. We are talking episode 15. It's called Shortcomings. This is the one where Carrie dates a short story writer with a premature ejaculation problem. But she just likes his family so much. While Miranda dates a divorced dad and Samantha sleeps with Charlotte's brother. And speaking of celebrated writers, I am joined by two of them today. And unlike Carrie's boyfriend, they're both famously great in bed. First one is an actor, writer, and producer who has worked on iCarly and New Girl and Broad City and much more. And he's one of the hosts of the podcast. You're making it worse. Elliot Glazer. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Matt. Thank you for being here. And we are also joined by the Cheap critic at Vandy Fair the host of the podcast, Little Gold Men, and still watching, and the author of the novel, All We Can Do Is Wait, Richard Lawson. Good day to you, sir.
5: Hello. I've got my locks and bagels and everything. I'm ready to go. He's ready to go.
4: Richard, let's start with you. How would you describe your overall relationship to Sex and the City?
5: Long, enduring, (laughs) and intense. (laughs) Um, It's so much so that in June of 2024, I will be the moderator of a 90 minute panel with a Sexton City writer and costume designer on a boat in the middle of the Aegean Sea on a virgin cruise.
4: <laughs> what? yeah <laughs> are our tickets available for the? Uh, oh they are still for sale join? the
5: whole cruise is not sex in the city themed it's just part of a little package you can get I'm told but i did a podcast at work about and just like that and this travel agent person had listened to it and so reached out so so yes um wow. going 25 years now it's finally paying
4: off for me I got to do
5: this podcast and then I get to go to Greece
4: that's amazing it, it, it does feel short-sighted of them to not have turned this into a full Sex and the City cruise. <laughs> yeah, maybe seriously. that's my next venture. <laughs> but that's very exciting. Elliot, how about for you? So you're the one who chose this episode to talk about today. And we'll we'll go through it beat by beat. But just like big picture, what is it about this one that captures the spirit of Sex and the City, whatever that
0: means to you? It's uh, the one I remember the most, basically. That's that's Unfortunately, that's my best answer it's the one I remember best because it was the closest episode to like something actually culturally Jewish in the entire span of the entire series, which I thought was really strange for a show about New York. Right. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that as we get to it. Before we do, Richard,
4: you also did a podcast about And Just Like That. Can you give us like sort of your top line take on the Show that iteration of the series,
5: yeah. I mean, it was an interesting show, uh, in that it's been an interesting show so far. In that, like, the first season feels like it's all throat clearing, it's like. We got to deal with like the fact that Carrie's married, and so we got to get rid of that situation. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then we have to have well, but then her husband died, so she has to grieve for a number of episodes. And you know, Miranda has to go through this crucible of horror. So I feel like the second season is really where the show became the intended show in a way, or at least the show that I think fans wanted. And I enjoyed it a lot more because of that. I, I really got to know the new additions better, and I think I, I really kind of warmed to those performances. And I still The fundamental thing I think that will forever ding the show in my mind is that they don't do the episodic themed episodes like the original did. I I miss that format a great deal, but viewed as an entirely separate species, I think, and just like that, is plenty good.
0: Agreed. Did you watch it all, Elliot? I watched, uh, I did. I watched the first season and was like, is this CGI? Like, what am I, what am I, (laughs) is this AI? Like, it seemed like AI that was like programmed to say podcast in every episode like i've never heard people talk so much about podcasts but then i totally agree with richard the second season seemed like storytelling and like more real people and like finally we'll just like let miranda just be like queer as fuck because this has yeah. just been in the making for a long For i mean even watching the episode that we watched i was like this ain't right this is just
5: this ain't right (laughs) it does color this episode a lot the knowledge of what she'll be like in 20 something years where it's like oh that's why this never worked
0: (laughs) yes yes totally
4: well let's get into it because you know we open on miranda on the like incline bench press at at new york sports club and this is the second episode recently where miranda's whole storyline kind of like Kicks off in the gym. There's also the one where she dates the guy from Crunch, and she can't believe somebody so hot would be into her or whatever. But I love the ideas of like Miranda as a gym rat because it really captures her as like the like uh, hairy New Yorker on the hamster wheel of life. You know, like she she doesn't love it, but this is what we do in the big city, and you know it kicks off her her story with the divorced dad. So talk to me about your your general vibrations around Miranda in this episode.
5: I feel like she goes to the gym not for necessarily aesthetic reasons, but she just is like, I don't want to have a heart attack. Like she's like neurotic yeah. about something involving her health. That that's, that's how I've reasoned it out. But yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I turned 40 this year and I was like, oh, how old is Cynthia Nixon in this episode? And I was like, she's 33. I'm older oh. than Miranda. Hobbs. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh. Um, so it's kind of fun now to, I haven't, I hadn't watched this episode in a long time to be like, wow, Miranda is just kind of a kid almost in this, except Mm. she's still the most mature of the four.
0: It's also so interesting, too, how in this episode, you know, her story begins and ends at the gym, but it's like a regular gym, and then you think about, and just like that, and essentially how the evolution of fitness, quote-unquote, or working out, has become such a social animal itself in New York, where there's episodes that are about, like, Peloton and spin and like all these trends and how it sort of engulfed the city. And I guess like the culture in the way that like Miranda then is literally like wearing a towel around her neck at, at, at New York sports club. And now it's yeah. like, I don't remember if what exactly happened in, in, and just like that, but I feel like there were some intense scenes in like a spin class or something, something. Yeah. Well, big of course died on the Peloton, oh, that's Peloton
4: right? The died, died doing what he loves.
5: But I think, I think you're right, Elliot, in that like in 1999, it was like urban and sophisticated and exotic enough that she went to a gym at all, you know?
0: Yes. That's right. Yes. Because you would think
5: of a gym as like, oh, it's just like muscle guys or whatever, you know? Right. And and, and women like do little home exercises or maybe go jogging, you know, but like (laughs) the sort of like Harry Manhattan life of like, you just go to this place and work hard for an hour and that's your day. Like this was like anthropology back then, I think. (laughs)
2: You know, this show is all about honest conversations where we we really face our fears. And for some of us, it's a fear of aging. For some of us, it's a fear of carbs. And hey, I get it. The fear is real. But that is why I'm so excited to tell you about our sponsor, Hero Bread. Hero Bread has remade many of your favorite foods, but in these fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams sugar, and fewer calories, plus... Protein and fiber. Two of my favorite things. I've always said, if I ever have twin children, their names are going to be protein and fiber. What did I have for lunch today? A tuna sandwich on their seeded bread. It was the perfect texture. It toasts up just like a dream. My God, was it good. And right now, if you go to hero.co and use code like Matt, you will get 10% off your first order. So don't give up on being a breadhead because Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co, use code likemat at checkout. That's likemat at h-e-r-o dot c-o. Well, they say time waits for no one and neither should payday. To get your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is the app that's helping millions of Americans feel self-sufficient without falling into debt traps. EarnIn empowers you to live life to the fullest by providing up to $100 a day of your pay within minutes of earning it. No mandatory fees and no credit check. You just watch your earnings tick up as you work. Access up to $750 per pay period. It's easy and free to get started. You just add your bank and employment info, they'll verify your paycheck. It's designed to support you in the short term and long term. So download EarnIn today. That's E. A R N I N in the Google play or Apple app store. When you download the earn in app, just type in just like Matt under podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's just like Matt under podcast. Earn in is a financial technology company, not a bank subject to your available earnings daily max pay period, max and location. See Earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by evolve bank and trust member FDIC.
4: Um, so, Miranda's dating the divorced dad, and and you know, meanwhile Carrie is dating the former Mister Jennifer Aniston, Justin Throw. You know, famously plays more than one character in, in the show, and this time around he is Vaughn, the short story writer, uh, has the premature ejaculation problem. Carrie just want to dump him; she's too attached to his family. You know, revisiting this part of it me for a couple of reasons but i i want to hear from you elliot how your feelings about the depiction of this family
0: i mean the reason that i remembered the episode so well is because the show for better or worse in total and i only watch i never like rewatched it i sort of watched it once just just caught up on it sort of i think before the <laughs> series finale all like on like dvd basically and and but i remembered there being like so little jewishness to it until charlotte married her for, hen, hen, harry harry mm-hmm. and he was like obviously written as culturally jewish but even that was a little sticky and i just i just found it so interesting that the show red is so so like predominantly waspy and so it felt like at least for me i could remember this one small breakthrough being valerie harper and this like you know family in a townhouse and there's food and there's there's always eating and there's you know the moment somebody mentions cream cheese i'm like you know like it's like mm-hmm. there there they are and so and you know i can say I, i'm i'm jewish so i, can, I, I recognize that you know the, the the cultural like language of it all so ultimately that's what that's what sort of broke through the veneer of the episode for me was remembering that element and uh yeah ultimately it's just it's does Justin Thoreau like, does he do well as like a sort of nebbishy <laughs> pre-ejaculator? I guess so. I mean, I get, you know, the, the, the biggest, like the most striking thing for me was being like, he really like the receding hairline was, was like so prominent. And mm-hmm. I, rem- and I don't remember if that was like a look, if that was a choice, like, it's just so noticeable that I'm like, was that just like a hot thing? I mean, he, he's, obviously super hot so I don't know if that was like part of the look or if they that was purposely like if we were supposed to see it because it just like it was so it was so um I don't know striking and noticeable
4: yeah and I don't know that I noticed it as much now I'm not implying anything about I just don't what, see what, haircuts don't like time, that but, right right yeah where he's it was really like yeah, the-
5: it's not yeah. too far from a Dracula haircut <laughs> I mean it's extreme widow's peak <laughs>
4: extreme that's right which i yeah I, but i don't hate it as a look by the way no I would be very terrified to google how old justin throw was when he shot this episode. yeah don't do that yes. i wouldn't do that i don't oh, by the way we ju- just talked about another episode where miranda actually says 43 is her scary age which is my current age
0: whoa <laughs> it's
4: really hard that was hard and for both of you in your own lives, let's just talk about how this might be, I don't know, some of these themes might show up for you. Like, Richard, what is your rule of thumb when it comes to, you know, mixing romantic relationships with family?
5: It's really only It sounds like some... I'm
4: asking if you date people you're related to. That's <laughs> right. You know what I mean.
5: No, um, I, it's really only something I've had to deal with recently in my life. I'm in my first, like, real long-term relationship five years now, and... You know his family is lives a lot closer to to us than than my parents do. So like I go to Long Island a lot, and it's a, it's. I'm it's so a sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's lovely. It's fine. <laughs> um, you know, and I and I get along with everyone. You know, especially his sister. But I I love what this episode does in terms of setting up this oh, the breakup has to be between me and this fabulous woman I met and not her kind of annoying son. But I think the episode could maybe go a little bit into, I know they only had 20 something minutes to do it, but like, she did raise that kind of annoying son. <laughs> and so is yes. he just totally rebelling against his amazing progressive mother? Or did some of that, like we share everything in this house kind of stunt him somehow? So I love the Valerie Harper character so much as does Carrie, but I also, there, there's a kind of little whisper of doubt in my head about like what actually that family's like when they don't have company over.
0: Right. One of my, my friends who, uh, who I wrote with on on new girl calls characters like Vaughn Joshi's because Um, It's sort of this, like, the the language is essentially like the, uh, I forget who played him, one of the Duplass, Jay Duplass, the character on Transparent is named Josh, but his domineering Jewish mother calls him Mm Joshi. And it's just a constant, like, you know, emasculation by by, through love. And I feel like that's, I think that's what you're talking about, Richard, in this character. It's just like, he is just, you know, emasculated and tantruming in every way. And it's just such a, it's such a Joshy energy and it's just, it's so unattractive, but like who wouldn't want to, you know, essentially have a platonic relationship with Valerie Harper.
5: <laughs> right, know? right. But there is something I could see long-term smothering about the way she's like, come on, like cajoling people to talk about things in in public. Like, like there's a I I know women like that in, in, in the real world who are great and friendly and gregarious, but also they're kind of exhausting at the same time. And you do wonder if maybe Carrie might've had to put some distance between her and and the mom at some point in the future.
4: Yeah, one of the things that really struck me is, you know, the mystery of Carrie's own family of origin is just like Mm. this open-ended thing. And and, and it's, it's it's one of the rules, enduring rules of like the Sex and the City universe. So much that Michael Patrick King, my best friend, Is gets annoyed when I try to like ask questions about it because he does. It's like that's not that is not meant to be addressed ever. That's not supposed to. That you know that's not going to be a thing in season three of Just Like That. We're like, oh wow, we finally meet Carrie's mom. Like she's always meant to be this kind of like orphan basically. But this was, I mean, a lot of people point out Samantha always has like kind of a maternal vibe with Carrie, but like this was one of the the times that you really feel carrie being attached to a mother yeah
5: are yeah. are we declaring then the carrie diaries not canon i believe we're not yeah I, I,
4: what, okay. so who, what is the deal with in, with her parents and care, the Carrie? her brothers? mother is dead
5: in that and she has a dad who is a major character on the show but i i, I like that show it was a cute little show uh, star starring um a young austin butler um oh right yeah, but I, I think I'm safe. I I'm happy enough to put the Carrie Diaries in a different sort of, it's non-canon, it doesn't count, because I love, it's vexing in a way, but I do sort of love that Carrie is a little bit placeless. We don't really know where she's from or like who her family is. Um, I think that really works for that character. Whereas I like, you know, we've heard about, you know, in this episode, Charlotte's brother or another great episode, Miranda's mom and stuff. So, but I think Carrie remaining a mystery is good.
4: I do too. And the other thing that really resonated with me, this Carrie story was that I, I had a relationship where in, in retrospect, I realized that my real attachment was not to the guy, but to the family, like oh, wow. the real painful separation. I, mean, I, was, clo- I was close to all of them, but it was like, Oh my God, his sister's not going to be in my life now. And, and we, we did try briefly, but it was kind of one of those things where I was like, you know, if we're going to be friends. I have to be able to talk about your brother being a sociopath. Is that, go (laughs) okay not okay okay i got it so it was you know was not
0: meant to be have a healthy it's not too indifferent from it's not too indifferent from being in a relationship with somebody and then having to divorce lose lose those friends in the process and that just sucks when you really like their friends but they belong to them you know yeah
5: yeah and then you might agonize over like are they talking about me do those people now dislike me because they kind of have to you know yeah Mm -hmm. it's the worst Like, I don't, I don't, I I could imagine the Valerie Harper character in a couple of weeks being like, well, Carrie, she's kind of overrated
4: or something, you know, like, yeah, 100%. But but, I wouldn't mind seeing Vaughn come back in and just like that. Um, You know, he might have gotten the help he needs. Yeah. (laughs) Is Valerie Harper still with us? I'm sorry. I don't know. No, she's no longer
0: with us. Okay.
4: I recently on here was like, "Where's Magda? Why isn't Magda on the show?" The show? <laughs> After Lynn Cohen is, is no longer with us, I'm ashamed I didn't know that. You, oh, by, by the way, just other thing worth noting in the first scene, <laughs> Carrie tells him never be photographed in anything sleeveless, which is so ironic because like we, Justin throw literally never wears sleeves in photos <laughs> right. <into his> day. <laughs> and looks great and nor, nor should he you know
5: that line he in, in the show radicalized it. him as a young man he's, <laughs> <laughs> I, I reject this
4: so we also meet charlie charlie Char, charlotte's brother wesley and he's going through a divorce charlotte is upset when samantha sleeps with him i'm assuming we're all team samantha in this conflict no
0: he's i mean i don't know what's he, is he he i Maybe again, we're all, age has seemed to, has has essentially like lost all meaning through time, but also also through the the lens of sex in the city. But he seems like he's like 25 older than, 25 years older than Charlotte, right? Like his not just yeah. his, his vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have a sibling dynamic at no. all. It's so, it's so like disjointed and weird.
5: If anything, the dynamic is like, there's a there's a vibe between them that I'm like, wait, what? Are, are
0: they <laughs> right. biological siblings? Like
5: I am team Samantha on this, but at the same time we're two seasons in, these are four best friends. Like Samantha should know that Charlotte of all the gals is going to freak out about this, especially if she's like in her underwear in the, her brother's shirt, like just making coffee or whatever, you know, like there was maybe some tact that could have been employed. Like he could have gone back to Samantha's house versus doing it at Charlotte's, but um, but no, otherwise, yes, Team Samantha.
4: Well, while we're in Kim Cattrall territory, uh, I don't know if you know this, this is largely just a Kim Cattrall protest podcast, um, <laughs> just sort of demanding her return to him just like that. But we have a um, listener voicemail. I think this is maybe Kim Cattrall slash and just like that related, if I remember correctly. So let's bring that into the conversation.
3: Hey Matt, thanks for taking my voice memo. Um, I come to you through Bitch Sesh. I'm always a big fan of yours when you come on as a guest, so I was very excited when you launched a podcast about one of my favorite shows of all time, Sex and City, and Now, and Just Like That. Um, My thought for you today might be a little bit of a hot take. Um, I am I wanna talk about Samantha and the Kim Cattrall of it all and the idea of her coming back. So I personally actually really liked the way that they handled her not being on the show. I liked that she was still alive and with us, but um, but that there was a conflict and they were no longer friends. and, And then we would see kind of these little breadcrumbs throughout the first season of, you know, whether it's text messages or flowers. I thought that that was really great because, you know, it obviously parallels what's going on in real life. So that's, I guess, where my question lies. Since the conflict has been so public between Kim Patrell and the others, and really Kim Patrell being so adamant about her dislike of SJP, Mike, um, I'm wondering if you would have a hard time um, disassociating that reality of of their relationship and their feelings for each other and be able to view all of them back together in the same way with the same chemistry let's be honest kim cattrall is not that great of an actress so i'm not even convinced that she'd be able to fake the chemistry at this point um but all that to say you know is there any concern that you have that if you got your wish and she came back as samantha and there was some sort of resolution that you would have a hard time buying it, knowing everything that you know about you know their real-life conflict.
1: Thanks so much. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I think my favorite thing about being a podcaster and a comedian is I can just unload on people while I'm working. A video game makes me mad, break out angry at them. A heckler at a club gets under my skin, I give them both barrels and I let them have it. But everyone has their problems, and there's real life stuff that I can't scream at like a video game or a drunk audience member. And that's where therapy comes into play. A therapist is the best sounding board you can find. You can let them know what's keeping you up at night or weighing you down and work together to come up with a plan to deal with it. I've been talking to therapists for years, Not about video games, but, well, not usually. And it's genuinely had a positive impact on my life. And I know, I hears ya. Adam, that sounds great, but who has the time? That's where BetterHelp comes in. Instead of driving across the city, looking for parking, waiting in that little room, and losing a couple hours of your day... BetterHelp brings therapy to you. Their sessions are 100% online. You open your therapist's schedule, pick a session that works best for you, and talk with someone over video, phone, or even just text. I've personally used BetterHelp in the past, and it was hella easy. I actually talked to my therapist while I was on vacation a couple years ago. It was awesome. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash game today. To get ten percent off your first month. That's better help. slash remember the game.
4: Powerful question. Thank Strong. You guys, words. what do you think?
5: <laughs> I think it's a great question. Um, I think we won't know until we see it. That's the problem. <laughs> you know, like, um, I think I think Control is a good actor. I, I really liked her on that um show she was just on on Netflix that I'm forgetting the name of where she played a sort of Yes, glamorous. Thank you. I thought she was fun on that. I think that they were having problems during the filming of the original show, and certainly the movies. And they, I didn't really know much about that then, and I didn't detect anything. So I think they could pull it off. I think the question is, will David Zaslav be able to write a big enough check <laughs> to make that happen? And I think it's going to have to be a like novelty-sized, you know, Publishers Clearinghouse-style <laughs> size check.
4: Yeah, Elliot, what do you think?
0: I don't know. I- I don't necessarily think she's a good actress. I think she's sort of, you're sort of like the line between Kim Cattrall and Samantha Jones is pretty blurry. And um, at this point, I feel like I don't know how, you know, how broad the like off camera fighting is to like the the general audience. I, I, I really don't know. I would have no idea, but ultimately I do think it would be, it's unless you know, and can appreciate the meta narrative. I don't know what, how much payoff you'd get from not seeing her like on the actual, on the actual show. But again, I'm like, the sh- on, on, on just like that, everything has moved into a little bit more of a, of a realistic place, but I still had watched it and was just like, is this on new in New York? or Are we on Mars? Like I can't get out like a, I can't get like a, I can't get my feet on the ground watching this. So, so honestly it, it's all, it's all up in the air to me.
4: You mean when when Carrie moved into temporarily to that ultra modern like apartment on the river <laughs> that was like this weird CGI moon landing?
0: genuinely, yeah. it's not like where where are we? What planet are we on?
5: That was fully in that Las Vegas thing, the sphere or whatever that thing is called
0: <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. Um, I also think the problem with Catral coming back or Samantha coming back, would be obviously it'd be fan service. People would be excited. There would be, I mean, vanity fair alone would get 18,000 articles out of that it would be so exciting, but is that it's already, that's a pretty crowded kitchen. Do we need another cook? I mean, there are f- f- a bunch of new characters who already don't really get their due. And that would be unfortunate if like Karen Pittman say was further pushed to the margins. She was busy with morning shows. I think that I'm told that's why she, her character N- Naya was not really yeah. in much of season two, but like, You know, I think Lisa Todd Wexley has kind of come in as a different version of Samantha. So has Sarita Shattery's character. They're kind of like splitting up Samantha duties in some ways. I just think it would be unfortunate if uh, they got sidelined. So this, you know, old, old, you know, old cast member could be brought back in. But, you know, I, I I think that there's obviously been a slight willingness to at least make one appearance. So maybe that's just the little foot in the door that the, and just like that team needed in terms of convincing Cottrell to come back.
0: I truly have, I mean, I, my say isn't isn't necessarily fair because I am I just sort of watch it gobsmacked. Like, I'm not really paying attention. I'm just sort of, I'm just like gobsmacked. What's Sarita, Sarita's character's name again? Seema. 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 Yeah, I'm just like, this is, is she's just, I just see the soulful, Saul's like soulful wife <laughs> yeah. on the homeland who's so layered and, you know, she's like just percolating with the motion. And then on here, I'm like, I don't buy this. It's so weird to me. So I don't know. I feel like it, I guess I should retract my answer and say that if that's the case, then yes, I'd rather, I'd, I'd prefer to see Samantha just because it's like now that's a drag queen. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. It's true. I, I, you know, I hear you,
4: Elliot. I do love the new characters. I'd be, I'd be willing to make that sacrifice and cause I, yeah, we can't have nine series regulars that we're dividing all the stories between a Couple of them got to go to make room for her. And to address the the, the listener's question, you know, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't know that I would buy or or want to buy Samantha back on the show. And Samantha and Carrie being in a good place, while well, we know the actors aren't in a good place, I want a full healing summit between the actors, everyone on camera and off camera, whoever whoever is part of this fracture. I want a full come to Jesus. And I would like that to be reflected on the show as well. But pe- listeners are are coming in with the uh, some of the wildest and greatest ideas about how to accomplish this. Like one person was calling for. I mean, a lot of people have, have been like, just do a do a Samantha in London episode. Does she doesn't have to film with any of the actor of the other actors? We'll just do sort of that, which would be fun to see. You know, we've talked about what if. To I think what you said, Richard, um, you know, missing the voiceover, we could bring that back. So there's one more um, listener that I want to bring into the conversation. This was actually an email, but it's sort of connected to what we were talking about. She says, hi Matt, love the pod. My pitch for season three of In Just Like That is that Che gets a gig as the second host of Great British Baking Show. They see this as a major step backwards in their career but are still lacking confidence after the pilot and also enjoy the possibility of showing a family audience a non-binary person with this new job. They must, of course, move to London where they link up with none other than Samantha Jones' PR. This brings control back into the mix with an actor she doesn't have any baggage with while also removing Che from the main roster without wiping completely thoughts, Lindsay, Lindsay. I like it. I do.
5: Uh, Is Che replacing Noel? Like,
4: (laughs) good question. that's the thing I I love. I don't want to lose any of those guys. That's tricky. Um, Without,
0: without, I don't want to offend Lindsay, but this is why the show, like why I get so baffled by the show where I'm like, why? Like, I, I guess doing like stand up and live comedy. I'm like, I don't know who, I don't know what comedian I would ever parallel Che to except Andrew Dice Clay. You know what I mean? Like, Andrew Dice Clay. (laughs) And in what world would Andrew Dice Clay be on a British bake? Like, Like, it's all so, it's all, everything is just so, like, Everything is so like loosey goosey, or just it, again, it feels like we're on another planet. Where I'm like, I, I guess, yeah, I guess, chick could be on a British baking show. What couldn't anybody do on this in this planet, in this uh, in this universe? You know,
5: his stepmom used to be in Syosset, I want to say,
0: yeah, that's where my grandma, that's where, yeah, that's where my grandma uh, is or lived. Yeah, um, I mean, it's nice. I like it. There. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's Long it's, Island.
5: Yeah. Um, it's just like a very oh my God. Uh, intense group of people uh, in a way that my yeah. relatively waspy New England <laughs> parents are not, you know. And so it's just it's yeah. an adjustment, but um, but I, I don't yeah. mind it. It's it's nice.
0: Um, yeah. So uh, my first like serious relationship, my my um my boyfriend was from Texas and was like pretty waspy, mm-hmm. and this doesn't. I mean, I'm not trying to make him sound one way or another, but. We were going back to the city from visiting my parent, my family, on Long Island. He's and he was like, the way your the way you interact with your family is very unattractive. Oh wow! <laughs> like Jesus. I Whoa. a that's mean and b like you just don't like this is just not your you don't you just don't get like loud Jews. It's just a, right it's just right new for you. You know, right?
5: right. Exactly.
0: Yeah,
5: he was, he yeah. was mean. I, I try. You know, I grew up in Boston and and like most of my friends were Jewish for most of my time there. And like, so I was like sensitive to some of that, but I, I, at one point I was like, Andrew, you you and your sister are so mean to your family. And he was like, no, we're not. We're just, you know, <laughs> no, we're, we're just completely, we're, we're doing, doing our thing. You know, it's just not, Yeah, yeah. it was a,
4: an adjustment. Um, and you might've just touched on this, but Elliot with you know, in, in terms of the lack of Jewish representation on the show, how did you feel then when Charlotte converted? Fine.
0: I mean, I thought, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I thought that was a really cute, I thought that was very cute. And I thought it was really cute also um, on, and just like that, like, it's just very cute and sweet. And, um, and I like it. It it feels like a real, like, not just a balance, but like a a, a genuine understanding of the cultural differences. And I guess between like wasps and Jews, but it's handled in a way that I find to be very, Sweet and realistic, you know. I mean, it's like cotton candy, fluffy. But like, why shouldn't it be? You know, why why should it be harder than it than than it means to be?
4: Listen, there's one thing I am a little worried they'll try to address in season three, and just like that, is they attempt to discuss the issues of the real world, and that is the My brother war. <laughs> yeah, like, good luck. Please don't. Let's just let's let that oh, God. go by. I
0: don't, I, think, think that's, I don't think Charlotte's not, equipped to jump into that. There's already too many podcasts to, hand, you know, the, the world of podcasts is already, you know, shaking up <laughs> the universe of, and just like that. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's just very funny. I guess it, it is very <laughs> funny to me. I will say how much Miranda hates the kid. And it's like, a, I it makes sense that she was the one who eventually has, it has a kid you know, yeah. first, but like, she hates that kid. It's, it's pretty, and she hates the kid at the very, in the button of the, of her you know, of her story when she pushes mm-hmm. the button. It's like, she, 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 just, she's such a kid hater. It's pretty, it's, it's amazing. And the kid hits you with a stick in the park. It's like, <laughs> my God. Yeah, the kid is a little monster, but. <laughs> He's a yeah. monster. I also think that like, when she accidentally hit the kid in the back in with the door at the end of her, the end of the episode with when she, you know, hits him and it's clearly an accident. Like it's like an accident. It is, it's an accident and it sucks. Like you don't want to hit a kid, but the way that the dad says, the the guy is like, just get out, you know, just go. I'm like, oh, fuck off, man. You know, like, it's an accident you 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 need to he needed to chill out at that point like especially oh, because absolutely. miranda of all people offered to take to go to the er with the with the kid who she's yeah. you know I, I i didn't i i'm i'm glad it, it, that was a one episode relationship yeah same yeah ultimately the
4: show seems to come down on the side of the child free people <laughs>
1: yes
4: um, the dad is the asshole in the end but do you see any yes. of yourself in the person who's like in a rush trying to leave the gym you got to entertain the annoying kid that wants to push the buttons like are you ever a uh, hater
0: no 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 i mean i i know i i like kids and i also but i've never dated i mean i guess i feel like too still kind of too young to have dated anybody with a kid you know maybe that's like i guess more of a gay thing but no
5: yeah i don't know what's going on i i probably should not have hit that old lady's kid with my car that was
4: (laughs) (laughs) so you're uh, firmly in the anti-kid uh camp with miranda
5: (laughs) yes sure yes absolutely yeah yeah i just i just you know i was cursed by (laughs) by by this woman um anyway um sorry about that i really apologize um i'm this is never, I feel like Justin throw. this has never happened to me before. <laughs>
4: <laughs> all the guys say that. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard, any parting thoughts on on this episode or, or the show in general or, you know, thoughts and prayers for season three of them just like that? Yeah, I mean, this was
5: Elliot's um, pick for an episode. And I was like, oh, I don't really remember. The the title, I was like, oh, is it one of those early season, like kind of just like just a sex joke for 20 something minutes? I had forgotten that it was this episode. And this episode is so good. It's like the perfect kind of distillation of the shows, exploring a sort of a theme, roughly a centralized theme through different plot lines. And uh, Valerie Harper is just so amazing. And I loved seeing uh, a young Murray Enos as the... Uh, lesbian sister's girlfriend right. uh in in one scene. So yeah, it was good to revisit. But the problem is anytime I do this, like revisit an older Sex in the City episode, I'm like, well, god damn it, I'm just gonna have to go back and start season one, episode one, and rewatch the whole series for the 20th time. <laughs> so thanks a lot.
4: That's my that's my holiday gift to both of you. Yeah. Elliot Glazer, Richard Lawson, thank you both so much. And uh happy holidays. To you. Too. To you.
0: Thanks for having us.
4: Thank you for being
0: here.
2: And that's our show. Please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at and Pod. And Just Like Matt is a World of Wonder production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkie. Our executive producer is Renee Colvert. Our associate producer is Jess Walensky and our audio engineer is Justin Matson. Many thanks to Michael Pressman and everyone at World of Wonder.